0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد ونبي فريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ما نقصت صدقة من مال وما زاد الله عبدا بعفو إلا عزا وما تواضع أحد لله إلا رفعه الله رواه مسلم Continuing with the hadith, the discussion we began yesterday, Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala, and is the narrator, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, as we mentioned in the introduction of this hadith, that these are amongst those hadith in which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam illustrates before us what we call sunnatullah, Allah's sunnat. And from this we learn the consequence or in this case the great benefit of three actions, three choices which we can take. These three choices are such that outwardly the ramifications appear to be not in our interests. You appear to be losing out. This is what society is telling us, our logic may be telling us, what we perceive in front of us also may be telling us. But on the contrary, we have the promise of Allah's Rasul that do this even though it appears that you are losing out, but there can only be great benefit in it. The first of these which we discussed in great detail yesterday, Allah's Rasul said, "Ma sadaqatun min mal." When a person gives charity, as we mentioned outwardly, it appears as if your wealth is diminishing, getting less. Yet Rasulullah وسلم said, the wealth of no person diminishes through charity, through sadaqah. In fact, Allah ﷻ, وَمَا أَنفَقْتُم مِّن شَيْءٍ فَهُوَ يُخْلِفُهُ وَهُوَ خَيْرُ الْرَازِقِينَ Whatever you will spend in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will give you back in return. And Allah is the best of providers. So we have to have this conviction. Shaitan will promise you poverty, Shaitan will promise you loss. But in spending in the way of Allah, in not holding on to the wealth, Allah Ta'ala guarantees that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will give it back to us. That is, one is the apparent loss will be compensated by the barakah and blessings which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will place in one's earnings If one will be generous and spend in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Over and above that we find sadaqah Other benefits Da'awu mardakum is sadaqah The alaihi said, treat your ill through sadaqah By person spending, from this we learn musibat, calamities are averted Allah Ta'ala's help will come, particularly in the curing of ill, of those who are weak and infirm amongst us. Duas will be accepted by Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, conditions will change. We will be in the protection of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, so many multitudes of benefit. So spend in the way of Allah, they can never ever be lost. The second, wa زَادَ اللَّهُ عَبَدًا بِعَفْوٍ إِلَّا عِزًا confrontation and conflict confrontation and conflict these are such aspects of life in our interactions with our fellow human beings particularly our family members that unfortunately differences of opinion conflict confrontations these are something that are almost unavoidable it is definitely going to occur. Now we have a choice. One is to take the short end of the stick. Short end of the stick means what? Avoid the conflict. Avoid the temptation to demand your right. If you perceive that you were wronged in any way, then your instinct is what? Instinct is retribution. Instinct is to demand your right. Instinct is to get revenge. This is natural, part of the human psyche, human nature. What does Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa teach us? That in this context, for example, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, when she was asked, about the akhlaq and character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, she said, من تقم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لنفسه. In his entire life, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa for any wrongs that were done to him, he never sought revenge. He never demanded his right. So if you want to emulate and follow the example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in conflict, in differences of opinion between us and our fellow human beings, particularly as I mentioned previously, particularly with family members, take the short end of the stick. Forgive, overlook, tolerate. Now, when you do that, again, this is something that outwardly appears to be a loss because to forgive, to overlook, to take the short end of the stick. It appears as if you are you are being disgraced, you are being humiliated, you are giving the next person the upper hand over yourself. This is what outwardly it appears to be. But here again the promise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He said that when a person forgives, when a person forgives, when a person takes the short end of the stick in a conflict situation, then what will happen? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will elevate that person Allah will give him izzat Allah will give him respect So society, your experience, your logic Everything appears to indicate disgrace for you When you walk away from a conflict When you forgive, when you overlook When you take the short end of the stick But Shariat deen teaches us That this is a means by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to elevate you, not just elevate you. If you look at the wording of the hadith, There is only izzat. There is only dignity. There is only honor. There is only status. When you will forgive. In order to forgive, my respected brothers, the heart has to be clean. So this... this Directive that is found in this hadith, outwardly will appear to be very easy, but it is something that is extremely difficult. Because unfortunately when it comes to nafrat, when it comes to dislike, when it comes to hatred, this has become the norm and the culture today. In fact, ulama say like how people rear and bring up children, we rear and bring up nafrat and hatred in our hearts. We are not prepared to forgive, we are not prepared to tolerate, we are not prepared to overlook. MashaAllah, in everything we have become judge and jury. We are ready to condemn, we are ready to look down at people. But Islam, Sharia, Deen, in fact, one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sallam, Man sarrahu, Man sarrahu, and Yumadda lahu fi rizqihi, and Yubsata lahu fi rizqihi. وَيُمَدَّ فِي عُمْرِهِ وَتُدْفَعُ عَنْهُ مِيْتَةَ السُّوء Allah's Rasul says, Is there any one of you who wants these three things? What three things, Ya Rasulullah? He said, one, that your risk, your sustenance should increase. Allah should give you barakat. What is the second thing? Allah should give you barakat in your life. So barakat in your life, barakat in your wealth. And the third, any person today, particularly when he gets old, Allah buri se buri se make dua Allah save me from an evil death. Allah save me from a bad death. So Allah said, I Muhammad sallallahu your guarantor. Three things Allah will give you. Allah will give you barakat in your life. Allah will give you barakah in your sustenance, and Allah will save you from a bad death. You want these three things. Everybody wants that naturally. The said, "Do two things: fal fear Allah, wal And in dealing with the conflicts that arise with your family members, take the short end of the stick. Forgive them. Forgive them, give them the upper hand. Walk away from your right. Walk away from what you perceive to be your right. And Rasulullah says, I guarantee you that Allah will give you these three things. So, coming back to this hadith, اللَّهُ عَبَدًا بِعَفْوٍ إِلَّا عِزًا No one forgave. No one gave up his right. Except that Allah elevated and honored him. He was never demeaned. He was never disgraced by doing that. And the third thing, which is why Imam Nawawi has mentioned this particular hadith in this chapter which we are discussing, At Tawadhu wa Khafdil lil Mu'mineen, a chapter which deals with humility and adopting leniency, lowering one's wings before the believers. Is that Rasulullah said, No one humbled himself lillah for Allah's sake. As we mentioned this before and I am reiterating very often there will be this temptation to humble yourself but with worldly motives particularly in your dealing with a very powerful person person of society has given power and status to a lot of times people humble themselves humble themselves before a rich person, they humble themselves before a person who has got political clout or legal clout here, what is the reason why he is humbling himself? He is humbling himself because of some worldly motivation. In this, the riwayat is there, li That person who humbled himself before a wealthy man, because he was influenced by the wealth of that person, Rasulullah said he has destroyed two-thirds of his religion. He has destroyed two-thirds of his iman he is dindari, he has destroyed by humbling himself before a wealthy person because of some worldly motivation, that is the road to humiliation and disgrace this is why the hadith says no one humbled himself for Allah's sake humble yourself lower yourself for Allah's sake in other words don't consider yourself to be superior than the next person Remember, 1995, No, Jamaat was in Gharbul Amman in western Jordan. One of the Zemedars, he met Zemeda Jamaat, South African brothers, six or seven brothers. He said, I want to tell you all something. So he gave us some advice. And amongst the advice that was given, and the same advice was reiterated by one of the Zemedars, I remember in 19. 19- in, in the early 2000s in Chicago Afro-American brother passed away now Allah make his very purana sāti. he said that until and unless until and unless when it comes to the poor and when it comes to those whose race whose language whose lineage whose background is different from yours Society may plant the seed of ignorance in your heart that somehow or the other, because of this difference in language or race or color, you are somehow or the other superior to that person. He says, until and unless you don't consider yourself to be inferior to the poor and those you come into contact with, and until and unless you don't bring yourself down to their level, that they consider you to be one of them and you have genuine love for them in your heart, till that time... Allah will never use you as a means of their hidayat or them coming closer to Him. So this quality of tawadu is something that is very very, is extremely important. That we humble ourselves. Break down this concept or idea from the heart that somehow or the other we are superior to others. Apne aap ko, like ulama ikram say, apne aap ko Apne aap ko Always Consider yourself to be guilty and others to be innocent. Have good opinions about them and become doubtful about yourself. Unfortunately, we've turned it the other way around. We've got the best of opinions about ourselves and we are doubtful about the motivations of everybody else. He's doing it out of pride. He's doing it because of this. He's doing it because of that. And mashallah, me, I'm doing it because I'm doing it for Allah's sake. Whereas the reality is has to be the other way around. Coming back to this hadith Rasulullah says "Wama You will never humble yourself humiliate yourself you will never bring yourself down for Allah's sake except رَفَعَهُ except that Allah will elevate you Allah will place your love in the hearts of people Allah will place your dignity in the hearts of people they say if you want to climb an incline if you want to climb a high ground you cannot climb it with your back straight. It's impossible. Physically also, it's not possible. When you climb an incline, you've got to lower your back. The low, And the sharper the incline, the higher you want to go, the more you have to lower your back. So the more you want to be elevated, in the eyes of Allah and His Rasulullah Wasallam in akhirat, the more you have to humble and lower yourself. So outwardly, you are taking the short end of the stick. Outwardly, you're humbling yourself. You're lowering yourself. You're demeaning yourself. Yet Rasulullah said, no one ever did this for Allah's sake. That's the condition for Allah's sake. There has to be with no worldly motivation. Illa Except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevated and honored such a person. Subhanallah.